Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hi there, Executive Leader, and welcome to Episode 57 of the Still Space Podcast, Anatomy of When and How to Let Go. Most of what brings people dissonance in their lives is feeling powerless. When we are stuck and cannot let go, we feel especially powerless. Then we put up our guard and pretend it doesn't matter. We pretend it doesn't hurt. We pretend to be strong when all along we are becoming weaker in denial of the truth. Pretending you are strong is not strong. Let me give you an example of how this plays out in life. I have a client who's working very hard to get a promotion, and he's been essentially a passive player in acquiring that promotion. He's working very hard, thinking that people are noticing how hard he's working, how dedicated he is, and the promotion wasn't coming, and the disappointment was growing, and the powerlessness was overwhelming. He started to think there was something wrong with him, and we can't be passive players in our own career. We have to be proactive and have a plan and talk to our supervisors, talk to key mentors, sponsors, and advocates about what the career ladder looks like for us in our organization, in this department, so that we can understand if there is a place to grow and is there an availability of you creating a new position for yourself by making the case of how it's either going to increase income or decrease costs. So my client, and we'll call him Dan, Dan scheduled an appointment with his direct supervisor and he explained that he's assessing his career, he's assessing the next three to five years in his career, and he's very dedicated to the organization and wants to know if there is room to grow within the organization so that he doesn't have to think about looking elsewhere. Now that conversation with the manager is now putting you on the radar screen of, this is somebody that we need to keep and we need to keep in mind that they're looking at the long-term trajectory of their career. Years ago, that may not have worked, but absolutely today, you can say this to your manager in a kind servant leader way, and they will listen because attrition is very high in organizations. And organizations are creating programs for retention, hiring coaches to meet with key leaders and create executive presence, leadership qualities, help them learn how to manage better because they want to maintain these people for a long period of time. So 
Dan did not ask for an answer at that meeting. He was proposing either is there room for me to grow in the role that I'm in or how and when might you see me as a director within this organization? That was important to him. So ultimately what ended up happening is this involved other departments and within a short period of time, they did promote him. They gave him the title of director and they allowed him to work in a different area so that he could build his tool belt of skills. Because if you're just going to go on and manage in a certain area where there isn't room for you to grow, that's not helping you for the long-term trajectory. Confidence builds with humility, putting down your guard and admitting the truth. And for Dan, what this took was to really reflect back in his life, in his career, in his family of origin, and begin to understand where he was playing small, how it came to be that he was playing small, and the cost of doing that for his personal life and in his professional life. The unhelpful mantra that Dan had to discover and eventually release is that no one really is noticing me. I don't really matter. I can't count on anybody. Now, all of us have had life experiences that can lead to similar thoughts. And a lot of times we don't even recognize those thoughts until we go on a self-discovery mission because we're finding things around us are not working. Our relationships aren't working. We're not advancing at work while other people are who seem to have less experience, education, and skills. So that's when we start to discover what might be in the way because a lot of people will say, I just need to let go of the anger I feel about this situation. And that might be true, but it's just going to bubble back up if we can't get underneath that anger, see when it started, and start to understand how it's our imagination. It's an interpretation, not a truth. It's a circumstance, it's an assumption, not the truth, and then how to release it. When we can't admit the truth, we play small because in that space of denial, we're also weak. We aren't perfect. And pretending we are, that we don't need to work on things or we don't hurt, it's just more hurtful to us. And when you can stand open, with the truth about what holds you back, you are free from busying yourself with striving for perfection. Done is better than perfect. Happy is better than perfect. Done and happy are where you play big. Stand open with the truth. And that means letting go of the things whose time has passed. The things that keep you stuck, angry, powerless, helpless, these worn-out mindsets come from various life messages, various life experiences, being terminated, laid off, unmet expectations from childhood, work, life, relationships, divorce, broken friendships, broken hearts, chronic illness, work initiatives that no longer thrive, concepts that don't work anymore, burnout, life transition, grief, you know you're ready to make a change when you're at the crossroads and just can't stay stuck any longer. 
You reach that pivotal moment when you acknowledge that what you're doing isn't working. You're willing to face what you need to face, do what you need to do to get it right because standing still has already caused you enough damage. I can remember for years I would ask myself, why am I so unhappy? Why isn't my life working out? I'm really good as a person. I was a good wife. I'm a good mom. I care about my family. How did this happen that I ended up in a divorce on food stamps, medical assistance, welfare, without a home, without an automobile? And I was angry. I was really angry. And I wasn't showing up well for myself or my family. I was able to keep it in check at work, and I was very highly accomplished at work. But it's sort of where I buried everything. It's where I went to escape everything else that wasn't working well in my life. And it didn't help cement relationships with friends, the ability to find new love, colleagues at work. So a lot of things weren't working. And okay, I was ready to do something differently. And I had to really reflect deeply on, all right, I have a pattern here. I made a bad choice in who I've married. I have not dated some great people in the past. Where is this coming from? I can remember being a child and feeling a little displaced there too. And I remember the aloneness that I felt in those situations. And so what do I do? I go out and I find somebody that really isn't available to me emotionally, but I can jump in and rescue them, and that'll give me some purpose, but that person really isn't able to be emotionally present. So noticing that and understanding what I'm doing helps me realize what I needed to let go of to move into the next phase of my life, to find a great partner, to be more connected with my family, to maintain healthy habits like good eating, nutrition, exercise. It's like a rose bush for those of you that garden. If you prune the rose bush back in the fall, the next spring it's going to be beautiful. It will have lots of big, beautiful blooms on it because you've cut back all the straggly little tendrils that have grown out. You've clipped them back so you have a very tight little rose bush in the fall and it blooms with gorgeous flowers. If you don't eliminate the straggly little sprouts that are all over the place, the things whose time has passed, the old roses that have bloomed, what happens in the spring is there's not a lot of blooms on the bush. It's just now growing out of control, but there aren't flowers there. We have to do the same thing with our lives. We need to be able to see what needs to be pruned back and willing to make the cut and eliminate what's in the way there so that the bush is tightly compact and in the next season, it's going to bloom beautifully. You are willing to lean into your vulnerability and admit that you feel sad, afraid, alone, or whatever the feeling is, and realize you have so much to be grateful for, including the opportunity to move on. Years ago, in my case, what I needed to move on from was blaming somebody else for my unhappiness, blaming my ex-husband for the situation that I was in. Yes, he was abandoning our family. However, 
my perspective on that was mine to own, not his. How I was looking at it, being a big victim, a lot of martyrdom, wasn't serving me or my children. It was just teaching them to blame and complain. That's not helpful. When I realized this, then I could make a shift to it's time for me to prune that perspective, that assumption, that expectation out of my life because it's like dragging around a ball and chain. I see this in my clients who have been laid off or terminated or have a difficult relationship with their boss or aren't getting promoted and they're angry, they're blaming. All of that is external. They're pushing it outward. If this were different, I would feel better. When this happens, I will feel better. All of that is leaving your destiny in somebody else's control. That doesn't serve you. Understanding where your power is will help you let go of the things whose time has passed. If that thing that you're upset about is outside of your control, its time has passed. I want to talk about powerful messaging versus powerless messaging. What is that internal message from childhood or life? That voice in your head that keeps you stuck. It sounds something like this. I'm not important enough. I'm not good enough. Nobody notices me. I'm not cute enough, thin enough. Whatever it is, it's I'm not something enough. It is time to let go of that mantra because that is your assumption. Absolute fiction. It is your assumption. And if somebody doesn't like you, Allow that to be. It's not meant for that person to like you. Now, you want to get along with people. You want, especially if it's your boss, and if it's a relationship like that where you can't just walk away, you sit down and meet with that person. I get the feeling I'm not meeting your expectations. If I were, what would that look like? Make them be very finite with an answer because sometimes people don't like you, and it has nothing to do with you. It has something to do with them that they're unsettled with, and they will at least have to face that you're calling them out for treating you differently, and maybe that will help them come to a realization where they don't seem so overbearing towards you. If the following scenarios sound familiar to you, you might be ready to let go of them now. Do you ever feel this way? Number one, denial. Sounds like I don't want to feel this. Things aren't that bad. I only let good feelings register. I only think positively. Sometimes that's denial. Not positivity, but denial. Number two, repression. I keep my true feelings out of sight, and now I hardly know where they are. I can hardly feel them. I don't know that I can feel at all anymore. I'm empty. Number three, codependent enabling. He or she needs me. I need to be there for them. Then I will have value and I won't be abandoned because that'll give me purpose. I'll be helping that person. That's the rescuer. Number four, guilt and shame. Sounds like these feelings are so painful that I must push them down. I must push them away quickly. I'm embarrassed. I can't believe I've done this. I can't believe I'm in this place. What about self-victimize. 
sounds like, I feel badly. It's not my fault. It's not fair. It will never change. And last one, grasping for an excuse. I can't betray his wishes. He has been like a father to me. Now, how many of these did you hear in the story that I told you about my own self? And the story I told you about Dan, my client. He thought they were going to recognize him. He thought he was just going to get a promotion, but other people were getting promotions and he started getting angry. So these are the times that you recognize something's in the way and I'm ready to let it go. If you're stuck or overwhelmed and might even be feeling that the situation is personal to you and then pervasive across every aspect of your life, that you're not getting treated fairly in relationships, at work, in your community, and number three, permanent, like it's never going to go away, this is just a fait accompli for me, write down in two lists everything you can and cannot control. It's a matrix. Two columns. Get it out of your head and down on paper. This is freeing and gives you something concrete to work with. On the left, what I can control. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. On the right, what I cannot control. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Then on the left, put a star next to the things you want to focus on. On the can control side, put a P next to the things you want to park for later. Just don't have time for that right now. Then put a D next to the things that you can delegate for someone else to do. Not that important for you to control that. Let it go. Let somebody else do it. And put an X next to the things you can eliminate altogether that are not important. You know, we keep giving our teams more and more and more to do, but we haven't helped them eliminate the things that really aren't serving the goal. You have to do that in your own personal life too. Eliminate the things that aren't working and then draw a smiley face next to the play big opportunities. The ones that you're really excited about. They come from the ones that you've marked with a star as the ones you want to focus on. But really, the one or two that you really want to play big on, that's important to know. And you know it's time to let go. Let me give you a little bit of a litmus test here. When you answer this question, what has the situation, mantra, person, performance been like so far? Because if you're working with somebody and you're noticing every time you try something, nothing changes... Does it work well enough that you want to keep this thing, whether it's another person who's working for you, whether it's this mantra that you're telling yourself? Listen to yourself. Think about what you keep telling yourself. Is there any sign that the situation that you're perseverating on will improve? If not, are you willing to accept more of the same? Yes or no? And if the answers to the questions that I just went through are no, Do you want this same reality, frustration, level of performance, conversation, or problem six months from now? Yes or no? A year from now? Yes or no? Two years from now? Yes or no? If no, what reason is there that tomorrow will be any different? Most of the time, there is no reason. What is changing 
that I can believe in? What is really my truth? What is the new mantra I can replace my tired messaging with? So in the case of my own story, where I had been telling myself all along, oh, I'll never find love. Nobody's going to want somebody with four children. And I have to be really strong and have this persona at work because I'm working in a man's environment. So I have to be more like them, which wasn't authentically true to me. I changed my mantra because those were all assumptions and they weren't serving me and I needed to let go of them. So I changed my mantra to, you know, I'm going to get back to being a girl. I'm just a girl and maybe I'll find love from a man that really wants a girl, not someone who's going to cover everything and take charge of everything as I was attracting men who wanted me to do everything, lead the relationship, make all the decisions. And I did that at work. I wasn't looking for that in the romantic realm. So I had to change that mantra. And at work, I had to say to myself, I'm not playing to any other persona but the one that is me. I can show up kind. I can show up soft. I know how to be strong. And sometimes soft is strong. But that took discovery. Most unrest manifests itself as either anger, fear, or sadness. Read into the signals of these feelings. Get curious about them. Anger. Let's start with that one. If you're angry, it's a signal that something needs to be terminated abruptly. You've been treated unjustly. Something isn't fair. Ask yourself, what can you eliminate right now? Cut off permanently, and that could be your own perspective. It might be a relationship with somebody that doesn't have boundaries and is abusive to you, unkind to you, making you small, making you feel horrible. That is when you need to draw a boundary. Let's talk about fear. Fear signals you that something needs to be recognized. If you're afraid of something, you're avoiding something. What is it that you need to notice? This is an opportunity to untangle your assumptions from what is true. In Dan's situation, he had assumed that people were noticing how hard he was working. But he was afraid of being passed over because he had been passed over. And so he was playing small and smaller and smaller. And he had to recognize, I am showing up in a way that is teaching people to see me small. Okay, what thoughts am I going to adopt? What mantras am I going to adopt to change that? First, I have to know which one to let go of. And that is that I'm not enough for a promotion. Whatever, good enough, smart enough, educated, experienced enough. This is an opportunity, again, to untangle what you have assumed from what the facts are. And the feeling of sadness, when we are sad... We know that it is time to own how we feel about it and let go of something whose time has passed. If we're sad, we're sad. We are missing somebody, hurt, something happened that makes us really upset. Sadness is okay. I think we have to learn how to be with sad. If we don't, we armor over it with fear and anger. But in order to move past sad, we have to understand what is it about a situation whose time has passed? So anyone who has lost a loved one, their loved one has passed away. That's sad. 
And some people can't get out of that, but the resilient people who can move on after the process of grieving, recognizing the highs and lows, doing a little bit of anger, doing a little bit of the journey of healing after having lost somebody close to us, when we can do that, we can then move on. How do we do that? By defining the feeling that makes us uncomfortable, talking about it. What does it smell like, feel like? What's the texture? If it were a sound, what would it be? And familiarizing ourselves with this feeling instead of running away from it helps us release it so that we can move on. I lost my father. I was very sad. I was sad for a very long time. And finally, I got to the point where I realized what I was most sad about is that I needed then to move into the position in our family to be the matriarch of our family. And I wasn't ready for that. I liked leaning on my dad. I love my dad. But I had to grow up and become the next generation in my family. And that's when the sadness started to diminish because I could let it go and own my space and realize I've got this. I still have a relationship with my dad. The context of it is different. I think about what he would say to me. He's not here, but the love never dies. Death doesn't kill love. But that came with becoming very familiar with sadness. So a couple questions to ask yourself right now. What am I angry about? What can I terminate right now? What do I fear? What can I recognize about that fear? What am I sad about? What am I willing to own and let go of because its time has passed. Deep breath in and deep breath out in this still space where you can go on and reflect more on these questions because you have the ability to do so. These are not things to be afraid of. This is just your mind and imagination. Who's in charge, the thinker or the thought? You're the thinker. You've got this, and I believe in you. Okay, leader. Many of you have reached out and asked me what it's like to work with me in my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life Circle. So I'm going to give you a very brief overview of exactly what you get in working with me for that six-month program. You get transformation. You get walking into any room, any situation, knowing you belong, having control, having people come to you. But on a tangible basis, what does that look like? It starts with seven one-on-one laser-focused individual coaching sessions with me over six months, and then access to the six months of live weekly small group coaching calls And because you know I only coach a handful of people, sometimes there are only two or three people on those calls. Sometimes it's only you and me. So that's like another weekly coaching session. And you get to get the perspective of other executive leaders who are in the same place that you are. Get six-month access to my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life time-saving assets, trainings, modules, and 
all kinds of workbooks that personalize this to you. The self-discovery is inspiring. Can't wait to get on to the next module and see how much more self-control you'll have over those negative thoughts that have been holding you back. There's a private online community where we can share daily questions, but the special bonus is you have 24-7 email access to me. I'm your coach on call. You want me to look at your resume? I'm happy to. Any of the exercises that you're having difficulty with, you don't have to wait to the call. You just reach out to me and I will get back to you within 24 work hours. You're having a problem at work with somebody? I'm your coach on call. There's a leadership intake analysis that I read on my own time so that I can get more background on you and not have to use up your sessions with me. And exclusive to this program, Flow on the Go Weekly Planner, where you can track your routines, track your gratitude, track what's changing, what's showing up for you. Well, what does this look like over the six months, Mary Lee? Okay, number one, that first month, you notice your patterns, your habits. You start noticing the patterns and habits of others. You have defined your signature strengths and your personal values, and you're applying those. And now you're starting to dream again. You have a vision for yourself, for your career and your life. You've stopped judging yourself and others. In month two, this is where I've taught you how to self-regulate with curiosity. You process difficult and stale emotions and release them. You replace your stuck story with how you're not whatever enough. And you are now creating a career plan with confidence, feeling worthy. You have self-control over negative thoughts, over your behavior. And months three to six, you are playing blue sky big. You are soaring here. You are self-empowered. You execute your career and life plan. You shine, apply for stretch roles if that's what you want. You have better relationships and control over your food intake, your sleep, your exercise, your self-care. You have compassion for yourself. And you know that person that you really dislike? You actually have compassion for them. So there is a link in the show notes, maryleegannon.com slash consultation. Go ahead and apply. I will reach out. I'll set up a phone call with you. We can go over some of the details, but I'm interested in helping you be that mindful leader with a satisfied life. And there's no reason to wait because it happens quickly. I'm glad you were with me today and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website maryleegannon.com where you can also learn more about working with me.